Alrighty, hello everybody. Welcome to Deathropology, brought to you by Radio DePaul. My name is Misha, and I recently bought an automaton. <laughs> um, Sound effects. Yeah, I've been Ooh. very annoying with it for the past few days, but I really like it. And my grandma bought it for me, so thank you, grandma. And hi guys, I'm your other co-host, Jeffrey. And my fun fact is, I have realized the power I hold when I wear black turtlenecks. So, if black turtlenecks become a staple of my wardrobe from this point forward, don't be surprised, it is Black Turtleneck Supremacy 2022. Oh my god, you're becoming the Apple guy. Steve Jobs. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you're becoming Steve Jobs. Uh... Uh, if it's the Michael Fassbender version, I'm okay with that. I don't know what that means, but moving on, our question for this week is... Could you describe your ideal romantic type in one fictional character? You go. Finnick from Hunger Games, introducing Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. He's flirtatious, but that's not actually his whole personality. He has like many deep layers into him. And also he's a protector. And he fell in love with someone who he felt he like he fell in love with someone. And he was like loyal to them. So I like him. And he's also very hot. Would you say he's akin to, like, an onion? <laughs> yeah, peel back one layer. There's a lot of more to go down. Anyways, mine is Mori Senpai from Aran High School Host Club. He's the tall one with the glasses. Do what you will with that. But anyway. You're not a, ta- you're not a Tamaki Senpai fan? I despise Tamaki. <laughs> the face you just made. I don't hate him. I just, no. Not my type at all. Anyways, this week's episode is about precious moments. Uh, You'll understand how this connects to our podcast decently soon, but first we need to talk about the brand and its founding. The founder of the brand is this guy named Samuel J. Butcher, founded the company in 1975 just with like simple greeting cards and posters. But in 1978, he started manufacturing figurines, specifically 21 figurines. And they were all, they had that similarity of the teardrop-shaped eyes. That's what the company is known for in their illustrations. And according to their website, it turned into a very instant gift-giving tradition by around, like, the early 80s there was this big fan club and so butcher fun fact was originally a janitor and he's always been religious and then he started the company later on in his life he was a millionaire by the time he opened the precious moments chapel which was founded in like the early 80s i think it was 1981 and also, like, as you mentioned, like, there was an official collector's club, and it had, like, 400,000 members by 1981. And also an article by Zambelli in 2015, it said that in 1998, so by that time, 2 million wedding cakes had been topped by Precious Moments figurines. Also, which is interesting, when you mentioned the, like, the original, like, 21 figurines, they are now, like, the most sought after by the collectors. So they're, like, super expensive, besides only one of them still in print today. Yeah, it's like a big scarcity plus like highly sought after combination of collector's item. It's really interesting. By 1989, the Precious Moments company 
opened a chapel. It's in Carthage, Missouri, and it's, quote, a, a way of honoring his faith, Butcher's faith. And now it operates as a nonprofit. And one of the things it mentioned as like a charitable act was employees' paycheck donations, which yikes, um, join unions, know your rights, etc., etc. Like if the workers are okay with it, then sure. But something about that just feels extra scummy, you know? They can't donate their own profits. They donate their workers' money. Another notable thing about the chapel is that Sam Butcher is currently alive right now, although he has a tombstone just outside of the chapel, and the epitaph is, Trust that when I'm gone, our visitors will find great comfort in the work of art that I have left behind. And we'll get to work of art in a minute. In that same Sam Belly article I quoted earlier, it talked about how he was inspired by Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, and he would go on to design over 5,000 square feet of murals inside of the chapel, all with Precious Moments characters. And on the Precious Moments website in 2016, they wrote about Philip's room. So in 1891, Butcher would lose one of his first uh, sons named Philip. Philip died in a car accident. To honor him, a room was created in the chapel so guests can learn about Philip while also sharing his own personal stories, like they're sharing their own personal stories and guest books in the room. It led to the room being a no judgment zone for those grieving. As in this room, people know of death of loved ones and the equal is the equalizer of all, in which the joy of life and the pain of loss escapes no one, Butcher was quoted saying. It also, in general, there's like no portrayals of Philip as an adult in the chapel. I just also want to mention, Philip was in his 30s when he died in that car accident. That's why I wanted to mention there's no portraits of him as an adult, basically anywhere, it seems, or at least anywhere in the public eye. Timothy's Tower. So uh, Butcher would lose an Everson named Timothy, who was age 45 when he passed. Butcher had always wanted a bell tower for the ch his chapel, but he grew purpose in building one in 2014 to honor his deceased son. He, quoted, he was quoted as saying, as they entered the structure, they were immediately greeted by artwork and smiling family photos, complementing the focal point of an angel Timmy doll seated on an ornate chair resting on a carpeted platform. The presence of this life-sized doll is unexpected and emotional. The decor is just, it's interesting to read about. There was an article when I first got into this topic, like last year, I think, before, no, like two years ago, before this was even like an idea of a podcast, there's this really, tell me if you guys can find it. I was looking for ages. There is an article called Portraits of Dead Children, like a tour of the Sam Butcher Chapel, and I cannot find it, but it mentions, it goes in great depth that I could not find it, even on the Wayback Machine. But what we do have is a source from a mom blog that is based out of the Philippines. And again, this will make sense in like two seconds. So apparently, as Precious Moments grew as a company and they needed to produce more of them, Butcher started outsourcing his dolls to be produced in Asia. And while he ultimately landed on his figurines being sculpted in Japan, he, quote, fell in love with the Philippines at some point. And he also opened a resort in Aklanon, Philippines. And then again, so after founding that place, he got divorced. And after he got divorced, he moved to the Philippines full on 
in kind of the early 2000s. And then in that country, he opened the Precious Moments showroom, gift shop, and tea house. There's a full review from this mom blog. I would highly encourage you guys to look it up. Last episode, we were telling you guys not to look stuff up. Look everything up here. It's so interesting. Um, also, I want to say some context to why also Berger moved overseas and why he would eventually like, give up his company rights to his kids. We didn't go too in-depth on this because it's kind of mental health stuff, and I don't want to like talk about his mental health too much, but he did talk about this himself, that after his second son died, Timmy, he said he had to go like be put into like a mental hospital because he was just so distressed and that it he just, he couldn't really... um function that well so his other kids took over the company so he could go and like retire or like go and like work less so that's also another reason why he would eventually move overseas is because after the death of his son Timmy he was just not as like ready to work as he was and I also think it kind of changed some of the trajectory of like his life obviously and also like kind of the company where the company is now because obviously there's not like these fellow Philippines locations going on and all this like stuff happening yeah so the showroom gift shop tea house is in Makati city and apparently she was talking with one of the higher ups there because at that point it was a freshly minted cafe and they wanted to make things make sure things were running smoothly and apparently at the time in 2010 there were plans for a doll museum and a Christmas town. I don't know. I think the Christmas town exists and it's in Eklanon, but I don't know if the doll museum exists. There are doll museums in the Philippines, but I don't think they're precious moments, which is silly, but this is all of the context we have to give for why we're talking about this. We are about the at the halfway point and we'll be listening to Emily by My Chemical Romance and we'll see you in a bit. And we're back. So now we're going to be talking about some like the merch slash is it kitsch kitsch aesthetics? There's a few different merch items that I think are worth talking about and it's also worth looking at criticisms of Butcher, namely that he is kitsch. The Cherokee child caskets in particular on the licensing of Precious Moments, they sell like eight variations of child caskets. So blonde white boy, brunette white boy, blonde white girl, brunette white girl, Hispanic boy, Hispanic girl, African-American boy, and African-American girl. We can see a few of the criticisms here as there are no Asian, there are no native, and also, they basically summarize the uh, like the phenotype of all Hispanics as one, all Africans as one. And also, there is no ginger white person. Like, there's just a lot of stuff missing in this whole ordeal. Yeah, they generalized way too hard in doing this. I think this could have been an okay idea if it was like a custom thing, like, Will precious mo- like I'm not saying I would I personally like this, but I'm saying it would have been better to me if it was like you like your child is like immortalized based off how they actually looked. Cause this yeah, is just exactly. kind of very generalized. 
And they also sell precious moment urns with 12 variations, the eight mentioned above, and four with adult women on them with the same races. Which is kind of weird because they don't have adult men. Well, and there's an image, and it'll be in the sources. Like, you guys will be able to see this. The women don't look grown. Like, the women don't look that different from the girls. And I can't imagine the men, if they had male urns, would look a lot like men instead of boys, you know? So, I guess it's time for us to talk about some of our criticisms. So, Misha, do you want to go first on this one? The first criticism is that he's kitschy. I don't really know how I feel about this one. Because it, it, there is something to be say, said about how accessible art is to the general public. And he's also kind of similar to Thomas Kincaid, where the art that they create is kind of known to be tacky. Like, A, because it's put in mass production so hard and pushed out as product specifically so hard instead of as art. But also, you can just look at the you can look at the art style and know that a christian fundamentalist created it i'm gonna give him a tiny bit of the benefit of the doubt but also criticize here so my my benefit of the doubt is while it is kitschy at some points they're also like he also does a lot of limited edition stuff so there is some rarity in some of the art forms i guess i will try and give him that benefit of the doubt but I also think the art style is just so generic and is so, like, it doesn't really evolve much besides if he decides one day to change it from blonde to brunette, they kind of all look the same. And I get that you should have, a, like, it's okay to have a trademark look, but it's too much. It doesn't ever change. It's, like, at least, like, imagine Barbie not having ever evolved. Like, that's what this feels like. Yeah, because it's one thing to have an art style, and it's another to just be, like, doing same face all the time, like, as an artist. But this is also just me wanting to say that there is a Precious Moments Thomas Kincaid figuring out there. I don't think I'll show an image of it, because it's honestly not worth looking at. My second criticism, and this is harsh, and I don't mean it to be, but we mentioned earlier that... Two of his adult sons died, but all of the portrayals of those adult sons are as children. And I... I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Because, to me, it feels like the only moments of his kid's life that he thinks are worth remembering are of his kids as children and not as accomplished, successful adults, you know? I think, like, in my opinion, the one thing that kind of um, bothered me is, like, when you said he had, like, that tombstone outside, it reminds me of this thing where it's, like, there is a thing about planning your death, but it, I feel like he wants to, like, immortalize himself and all of his kids in this, like, art style he's created, yeah, if that makes really. sense. And... Like, while I do like that he showed uh, on, I think it was um, Timmy's Tower, he showed, like, Timmy's artwork. Like, hmm. it does feel weird to me that, I don't want to sound mean, but, like, at the same place, it's not like it's just a memorial, because there's also a gift shop, and there is a commercial transactioning happening. Like, you can do both, I guess, but I don't know. Like, it is kind of weird. Like, I don't have a huge problem with it, like, as much as Nisha does, but I do think that, um, 
I guess that's what he wanted to do for his kids. You know, I don't know his kids. So I don't know how they want to be represented personally. That's another issue, though, isn't it? That we don't know his kids? Well, that, like, he doesn't... He didn't know what his kids wanted, or maybe just assumed they would want that. You're scoffing at me, but the thing is, I think about it, like, I put myself... Like, if I died, and my mom chose to only show photos of me as, like, a six-year-old, like, I would be looking looking from wherever as a ghost, very upset. I know, but I think you're just thinking that we don't know if his kid, maybe his kids told, like, maybe his kids did want this. Like, we don't know the discussion maybe. they've had. True. So it, it's it's kind of hard to, like, know. Like, especially with like, the first, after, like, I get, I would, I grew with your pun on the first kid. But I feel like after, I feel like Timmy or whoever passes next knows that their dad does this at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, after the first kid. make it better? No, but, like. It gives you time to run? This is like a point Nisha had that I kind of I do agree with when you made this point. When your criticism was like buying things that are meant to be a collection on a commercial sale scale is a bit silly and that collection should be meaningful. And like the very limited item like thing that he's doing is kind of also absurd because it's honestly people are paying like 10k for a, a tiny statue that you're just looking at. like I'm not trying to be harsh and I know like art should be worth like what the people think they should pay for it. But I also think that there's just the like, and I, this is like a general thing with capitalism. It's like we all want stuff we don't need, <laughs> which is kind of harsh to say, but. I I think there's also something to be said about like, because mass production art is supposed to be accessible. And yet there's still these little micro collections that are purposefully not super accessible in that same way. So it felt like he kind of created this art with one reason and then eventually kind of got sucked into, you know, doing random little collaborations and licensing his company out to a casket company, you know? I also think some of, like, the collaborations are just, like, I get that they were popular at the time, but I don't know if they really fit with, like, the, like, I know it's also kind of a kid-friendly brand, but because he's, like, for example... When I think of fundamentalist Christian, and this could just be because I'm wrong, I don't think of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that, like, I think I could be wrong. I could be wrong with that. But like, from what I know, because I went to a very like strict for my senior year of high school, I did like a a type of fundamentalist school that you're a lot of them don't believe in like witchcraft at all. So like a lot of people who I knew grew up in Christian did not read Harry Potter. So when I saw that he did, like, stuff with, like, magicians and stuff in the thing, like, this is not a criticism, personally. This is just thing I was, like, kind of, like, oh, like, wow, that's, like, interesting that he, like, these figurines. Because I know a lot of people who are as religious as him wouldn't do this. So I kind of thought that was interesting. And I kind of wondered how well those sold to his audience because of how, like, uber-Christian they were. I mean, that's not really a criticism, but I just thought it was like, interesting yeah. And at some point, he gave his company to his kids, and maybe his kids are less religious or had a different vision. That could be it, but this is all just to say that, like, if you buy a collection because a company wants you to buy something as a collection, I personally don't see that as as meaningful as building up a collection of things you just like. Like, I like black cats, but I don't buy everything Choco Cat from Sanrio always. If that makes sense. 
also a uh, criticism we had is like i feel like this company kind of even though like misha like me and misha had this convo before we recorded that uh, a lot of like the audience kind of grew up with these but i feel like if you're still buying them now it kind of is like profiting off a of childhood nostalgia a bit because a lot of these are older people buying like today right now are like older people buying like childhood figurines and i also i found some of the figurines personally inappropriate and i'm gonna say which ones like there was one where the guy was like picking up the girl like they looked like a, they're like at a wedding and i thought it was a bit inappropriate and i can't tell because it is art style if it's a man or a woman or if it's a boy and a girl but i don't like it when people force these like tropes onto kids that they have to get married or there's one like there's one with the, the like the two like kids look like a married couple holding a baby and it was just also like very just creepy to me that like this is being forced onto them so like i don't know some of them just come off a bit overly traditional and like in the wrong sense where it's you know what i mean like infantizing adulthood it's like he it's like i'm not trying to say you should do one or the other but it, it's like it's not like you're not picking one. It's like you're, I feel like it's like a balance of both, which comes off really weird. It's like if like a kid brand started doing like, it's like when kids have like really raunchy adult jokes constantly, but it's targeted to kids and they're not subtle about it, that only a kid would, like only an adult would get it. It's like when they're obvious that a kid would get the dirty joke too. It's like, what are you doing? Like, that's how I feel with some of these figurines. I'm like, it's just kind of weird. Well, and I think a lot of, the imagery of the dolls being kids is also supposed to be very dreamlike. Like, oh, when I was a kid, I wanted to get married, you know, and they buy this figurine that reminds them of that. Um, this is not me saying anyone plagiarized anything, but when I saw these figurines, it kind of looked like secondhand dollar store little prints. I mean, that's kind of where you find them most often now. Oh, and then we both talked about this one. We both said they were, like, really white. <laughs> like, airy. Like, I'm not saying, um, it's, like, the blonde, like, super, like, they're all, like, blonde and all very pasty white. And if they're, like, non-white, they're, like, really limited edition. And they're also, like, super heteronormative, but, like, and we already kind of talked about that with the marriage and stuff. Very, it gives very fundamentalist. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention is there is a line of Japanese uh, precious moments called Precious Memory. So at some point, they outsourced to Japan and they also started distributing from Japan in Japan only. And you can look at them for yourself because some of them are supposed to portray like Japanese history and things like that. And they still have the Precious Moments art style. But they look slightly different because they have darker hair and like some Asian Asian features. I'll put that mostly in the extra readings because that is worth looking into. But we also don't have enough time in this show. Like they don't really have an expansive number of say black dolls and the Japanese ones you can only buy in Japan. And... So if you're buying in America or Canada or whatever, they're going to be white. They're going to be the whitest little white dolls ever. Yeah, but uh, despite all this criticism we gave, we still want to visit this chapel in person. I know I do. 
I need to see I need to see this for myself because like while we criticized it I feel like it's different than what you hear online versus what you see so I want to see all the murals this is my advice precious moments I hope you're taking notes Jeffrey's free advice although you should pay me about 10 grand for this advice first you need to do a Barbie revival and what I mean that is different body types change the art style up just a tiny bit uh new races um modernize it a bit you can keep the religious thing because there are modern christians so that's your market and yeah um just stop pushing all like the weird like the kids getting married and stuff and make the adults look a bit more adultish just a tad i would also say that it's very as you said one size fits all all the dolls are i don't want to say skinny but there's only one body type for the dolls at all, which I don't know. It feels very like, you know how people copy My Little Pony art just by tracing other My Little Pony art? It feels kind of like that. Also, I, I feel like I get the feeling that they're all supposed to be wedding, like the, like the wedding topper thing, like the way their stands are set up. I feel like they're all kind of made in this, like with this specific mindset I feel like they would loosen the reins a bit and have more fun. I feel like they're not having fun with it as much as they could be. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they, they know what their demographic likes. But I feel like Christian if they want to read... Well, because they, well, okay. Currently, it's 30,000 members. So you see 400,000 members. I think if you want to get new members, you should, like we said, diversify, modernize a bit, Promote the crap out of your park. Up that a bit too, but you know, you know, I'm not hating. You know, get your coin how you get your coin. I guess. <laughs> well, I don't think they're trying to make the brand very long term sustainable either. I think they actually are kind of trying to let it die out. Sam's only getting older, and I don't think he really cares about the company. And the kids don't seem to be putting a lot of effort in. You never know. Precious moments could be like could be here a while maybe we'll grow up with precious moments too well i feel like at some point they're gonna like beanie baby it right they're gonna like stop producing them and then the market will go like even crazier yeah and then it'll be brought back because the childhood nostalgia just realized that you shouldn't have brought it back like everything else yeah like oh remember remember when everybody's grandmas had these and it'll be all it'll be a, like a white only resurgence too. I well, I do want to give a disclaimer that even though we criticize the company, we do not want you to send hate towards uh, anyone we mention. We're just giving some valid criticism that we think could help improve the company. In all honesty, I am just a little hater. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> to precious moments. Like I bet everybody who works there is completely fine, but. If you want to give a deaf apology our own figurines, you, I'm just <laughs> Screaming and throwing up. No. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Anyways. This has been Death Apology. I hope you got some enjoyment out of this episode because I really like talking about this. I know it's a little bit negative, but I thought this was a fun episode. Tell me what you guys think. Our Instagram is at deathropology, and our Gmail is deathropology at gmail.com. That is D-E-A-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y. 
check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast. And stay in tune. We're going to be uploading on Wednesdays after we air on Tuesdays on Radio Nepal. So check us out there too. See you guys soon.